It's another edition of the Cause I Have To podcast, when living your dream is the only option. Welcome to part two of Jillian Pennsylvalley. She is a podcast queen. Her podcasts are Hamilcast, True Crime Obsessed, uh, My So-Called Life, uh, Let the Women Do the Work. This, If you didn't hear the first part, go back to the last episode and tune in. Uh, she's going to tell us how she got deep into the crime world. Does crime and comedy go together? Jason, do you know the answer? Absolutely, I do. The answer is keep listening. Here we go. We made it to season three of the Cuz I Have To podcast. When living your dream is the only option. We're your hosts. I'm Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. We'll be chatting with guests and each other about facing your fears and going for it in life. We hope to inspire you to live your dreams. Now let's get to it. And we're back to part two with Jillian Pensavalli. We already heard all about the success of her podcast, Hamilcast. And now we turn to True Crime Obsessed. Let's get back to it. So tell us about the path of true crime obsessed then. Like when you first started that, was that an immediate hit as well? Are you just like a a hit maker? Well, I was going to say, no, you are actually, because everything that you've talked about, you're like, well, I thought about this and I was like, hey, let's try that. And then I thought about this and I'm like, well, people might like that. And I'm like, so you are the creative genius. You son of a gun. No, but you know what? You know what? I'm not saying enough of that. It's tireless, tireless work day in and day out. Like it is to to the yeah. point where o- only recently, maybe only in like the summer of 2022, did I finally like accept that my work life balance is non-existent and unhealthy and like mean and not nice to the people around me. Like it, it's like that where oh, okay. it's just completely like, nope, I got to work. Nope, I got to work. Nope, 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 nope. That's all I have to do. And that's not like a personality trait or cool or healthy. So only ne- only recently. So it's a ton so of work. you hire people, staff, finally? No. no. To help you? I have, I have no. an assistant named Jensen who's helped me with the Hamilcast doing, like, admin stuff. Yeah. So, but I make, I edit the Hamilcast. I make, I do all that. Yeah. Um, but for TCO, like, so here's the thing. Like, TCO is uh, is so different. Like, the Hamilcast, I, I'll never have ads. I never did. I never will. It's a passion project. There's a Patreon and people, you know, come and go as the fandom comes and goes. Um, and it's a passion project and I'm, I'm lucky to do it and it's an honor to do it. True Crime Obsessed is a business. So, and it's a ton, a ton of work to take the notes. My process is much different than Patrick's because of the ADHD. Um, I just need more time to to absorb it. I need to watch the thing several times. On my mental health, that's not the best thing when there are certain cases that are really, you know, that's tough for me. And then taking the notes, but also just making it like, it's like now we have like editors and we have like social media people it's just it's a business now and we looked at each other like very early on and said like you know we have families I had like four or five freelance gigs Patrick had a kid it's like this is fun but we it's too much work to just like do we have the passion project like we can't have another one like we need to really figure out how we're going to do this and you know the thing about ads is like they're based on the numbers. So I can, re- I was sort of sitting pretty, not giving a shit about the Hamilcast numbers and doing it for fun and like making friends and whatever. But with TCO, it's different. Yeah. It's like, that's how it's all 
based. And then people were asking us to do a Patreon and we realized we weren't sure we did like Madonna truth or dare because we both loved it. And I went to the blonde ambition tour when I was a kid. And that was like a documentary that we could cover because, you know, I'm bi and he's gay. So like, obviously we're going to talk about Madonna's blonde ambition tour for an hour and a half. Um, And then we realized, right. Obviously um, I was like, is this what sexy is? Like as a kid, I was like, what? And she's like on the bed. I'm like, is that, is that what sexy is? Oh, okay. And so we realized like, the Patreon is a perfect way to do the series, like The Staircase, for example, or things that are like several episodes, because that wouldn't really work on the regular feed, especially if we want to like get ads and get paid and make content like that. So we decided we'll do exactly, exactly what we do on the regular feed, only ad free on Patreon. And that's where you can get your 10 episodes of Making a Murderer or whatever. And we do things like that. But I think we pride ourselves on like, you couldn't tell if you didn't know, you couldn't tell which one was like the regular feed, like the free one and which is the ad free Patreon because we record them in the same sitting. We put the exact same effort in, like we just give a hundred percent for both of them. So you're just getting exactly what we're giving you. Just wow. and then we do like bonus, you know, we do like after parties and we like chat, you know, depending on the tier or whatever. But it started with being like, you if you like this, here's another way to get it. <laughs> And it's exactly the same, like no surprises, no explaining what it is. It's like, here's the jinx. Here's six episodes of that. Like every week, like that's what you can join us for. And why couldn't you do the multi episodes on your regular program? Because people, I think people would get, especially when we were so new, it's like six episodes of this. Like if you want to pay for that, great. And if you don't, like no one will listen and then we wouldn't get ads and then our numbers would suck. And, you know, it was a way for us to do both. So um, I'm going to ask you these questions, which you can tell me whether or not, um, because this was public information. Some some data says that um, (laughs) your Patreon is over almost 44,000 people who pay at least $5 a month for true crime obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that I did the math on that. <laughs> That's a two lot of money. Two. You're making a well, lot of money. Well, it's a business. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I'm not going to get into numbers, but I think yeah. a lot of people say like, oh, like me and Patrick are splitting that 50-50. No, it's a business. Doesn't he own, doesn't he own the um, Obsessed Network? Or, right. So Patrick yeah. decided. Yeah. So Patrick has the Obsessed Network and then TCO is its own. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so like there's TCO like LLC. But, you know, there's like it takes, you know, an Obsessed Fest, by the way, which is the the convention that Patrick put on through the Obsessed Network where, you know, we were all there. Like you lose money on a convention. No one's making money putting on a convention. Like maybe sure. if you're Comic-Con, like New York Comic-Con or something. But for the most part, like a, a first year convention, you lose money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, are you kidding? Um, so, yeah, and Patrick doesn't care. He just wants everyone to be together. So it wasn't like that. But yeah, I mean, we work our asses off. We work really hard. We don't really take any time off, even if we have like dark weeks, which I think we're like, I think we have like two dark weeks a year. We're releasing two episodes a week. We promise at least, you know, four. Do you uh, do two a week? I didn't know that. We do two a week. Well, we do like the regular feed oh, and the Patreon and the feed. Patreon, of course. Yeah. And then we do like after parties on top of that. So we're we're releasing, I would say, 11 or 12 episodes a month. And then towards the end, we started doing this thing a couple of years ago where from like October to December, we do 10 bonus episodes. So you'll get like Tuesday regular feed, Thursday bonus on the regular feed. You do nothing. It just shows up. It's usually like a dateline, like Keith Morrison dateline or something. And then Friday Patreon. So we just like we just want to keep giving you stuff. So we work a lot. Yeah, we work a lot. You can hear it in my voice that like we record (laughs) all the time. (laughs) 
we work so much and there's only seven days a week. So like, what <laughs> would crazy. you say? So maybe you have such a different thing as opposed to like our podcast. I'm just wondering what tips you would have for someone doing a podcast as far as growing your podcasts. Yeah. Any tips for the regular well, folk out there. Of course. Oh, please. I would. I'm going to steal from Patrick. Patrick always says that that your listenership is is grown one listener at a time. And what that means is like at first it's just engagement. Like before we had a, a listener start our like Facebook discussion group um, and then we ended up sort of taking it. She was like, do you want it? Because I don't, I don't really I just started this for fun and I don't want to like be a Facebook mod. And I'm like, who does? Nobody does. But we it was yeah. just engagement. So like we're in there all the time. Like we post things, we respond to things. But before we had that, like we were responding to tweets and messages and just sort of like it, telling people, like, tell your friends if they're into that. And Patrick did a lot of research on the like the Facebook ad algorithms or the Twitter mm. ad algorithms, like really trying to be honest with who you are and what your demographic might be. And there are whoever like you're hosting on, like I, for the Hamilcast, I do libs in. And so it'll tell you like where people are, like where your what your demo is, whether you, you know, you might be wrong on it. You might learn something. Um, so it's really just outreach, like do ad swaps with other podcasts that are kind of similar because no one's like really competing. It's all the same. Like anyone can make a podcast. So if you're, if you're going to be like, you're going to try to bring another one down unless you're like, I don't know, redacted and redacted or just like horrible, horrible people on the internet. But for the most part, if you're like, if you have a cool niche thing, if you're talking about like baseball cards or whatever, like just reach out, be friends. Then like, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats or whatever that is, you know, it's just sort of like find your podcast community, whether it's listeners or other podcasters, and then just like lean into that. Yeah. I like Good it. advice. You know, just be friends. No one's like, the world is wide enough for everybody. That's, That's right. true. Unless you're Jeffrey Dahmer. Unless, <laughs> <I was gonna say. laughs> Unless you're Dami. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I know, for real. Um, <laughs> trying to think else. Oh, I did want to talk about your husband, Michael Paul Smith. Okay. Yeah. He's an actor, I guess a director, writer. Is that true? Yeah, he's all these things. He's also a fellow podcaster. Oh yeah. He oh has, yeah, that's uh, right. Ted and Michael read sketches into microphones, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah. what it sounds like. <laughs> but but tell me this. He was in succession. What did he play? Oh, he was in succession. So he, yeah, he was um can okay. I give spoilers? It was in season three. Has it was, that not he was come in, out yet? No, it did come no, out. No, no, no. We we oh. saw that. That was oh, the yeah. last I mean we already right, saw it, so we don't care. Spoiler don't care alert. Okay. Uh <laughs> it's the third episode of season three when Kendall is trying to get back into Waystar and there's like some guy at the desk being like, Sorry, your car doesn't work. That's Mike. And oh, then Kendall's God. like, Really? That's interesting. That's weird. Who told you that? Um, and Mike's like, sorry, like I'm just not supposed to. So he like has a fight with Kendall Roy. Um, oh and I amazing. know like, we have to go you back know, and watch. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, he's great. And then he's in like the next time on, like when the FBI is like running, Mike's like in the hallway, like, I don't know. Um, oh God, but I, I know when like an audition comes in, you're not like supposed to care, but succession is like, we were so obsessed with it before. Um, and I was like, I get to read for Kendall, even in like my home like how cool is that that I get to like be a part of it in some way but no it was great and it was one of those things where it's like I know you got to get it out of your head you can't care you can't want to get the gig ever oh, especially yeah. when it's succession but that was that was like a that was a fun day did he Booking have fun that. with the fun staff oh my god how is um how's the lead guy he's got to be nuts like he's such a Jeremy great Strong? actor yeah he's got to be nuts in person like he has to be such a, isn't he a method actor and yeah I mean, did he even talk to him? Probably not. Yes. Oh. The, my okay. I usually make Mike <laughs> tell the story, but I'll tell it. Um, wait, what is the the director is amazing, and I always forget her name. 
Kathy Yan. Okay. So Kathy Yan directed that episode. She did Birds of Prey. And it was very like the whole thing is sort of like very tense. And the first two episodes of the season were leading up to like, is Kendall ever going to try to get back in? Right. And so um, what happens is that Kendall sort of like is walking in, into like this this long business office, you know, this like office building hallway. And um, they wanted Mike to improvise, which he's been doing for years. So he's excellent at it. So there was a lot of like Jeremy Strong was very, very nice, but very serious and like very in his Kendall world. But at one point, like there would be times where if he really liked the take, he'd like walk, walk by Mike and give him a little like, yeah, a little like fist, like air fist bump. <laughs> But there was this one time where, like, I guess Kathy Yan was just doing other director things. And Jeremy Strong said to Mike, like, how about this? Like, can you maybe try, like, intercepting me earlier? Like, can you maybe be a little bit more aggressive? Like, let's just try that and see how it works. And Mike's like, yeah, sure. So, for, you know, like, the director is the leader of the ship, but it is Kendall Roy. It is Jeremy Strong. So it's like, uh, yeah, sure. Like, let's see how that goes. So Mike did it, starts to walk a little far ahead. And Kathy's like, what is that? Now, some people could have said this kid's on his own. Jeremy Strong turned around, made a beeline. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I asked him to do that. That was totally my idea. If it doesn't work, that's fine. But like, he's not, he's not like not listening to you. This is just something that I, I asked when you were over there. So that's cool. And I was like, that is the coolest thing because I, that is uh, such an easy thing to just like sort of leave Mike hanging out to dry there. You know, but, like, I mean, he didn't ask him to do it. He did ask him to do it, yeah, but he yeah. owned it at least instead yeah. of being yeah. like, oh, yeah, like tough break kid or like, yeah. oh, yeah. Or just like agreeing with the director that it didn't work. Like he just was like, oh, no, no, it doesn't work. And it was also my idea. Like this guy isn't trying to like steal the spotlight yeah, or big yeah. time anybody, you know. Right. So I thought that was a, ve a very telling thing. And it also that happened like right after that horrible like profile on him came out where they were trying to make him look like he was just some nutcase or whatever. Jeremy oh, Strong. I don't know if I saw like that. Brian Cox had to like make a statement about like everyone just shut the fuck up like he's a good guy and he's a good actor and this was just written yeah. to make him look like Anne Hathaway had to come out and be like he's a good guy it was weird so I always like that story because it's very very yeah. subtle yeah and like if he right. didn't say it would it have been the end of the world no but the fact right. that he did I think said said a lot about him yeah, he just seems like he would be so intense yeah be around and that it, I he wonder is intense but... I was right. say I sometimes wonder about his own mental health, like playing these characters. Totally. And that he gets so into it that he must be difficult to be around as a like your yeah. mate or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that would be super tough. And I think also Mike was lucky enough or that scene like Kendall was kind of like cocky and that's it was sort of like fun Kendall as yeah. fun as Kendall gets. So it wasn't what <laughs> it wasn't like a horrible, a horribly dark scene. So I think um I think that must have been fun for Mike. That's I'm talking cool. a lot for him, so I apologize. <laughs> yes, but yes, yes. <laughs> well, he's not around. Uh, nice. Mike, you need to verify this thing. <laughs> verify. Yeah, we'll he's have actually... our fact checker call yeah. him yeah. and make sure the story is. <laughs> she accurate. said what? Uh, no, he's he's actually. I think he's listening to some stuff. We're in production for season four of Ted Michael Reed sketches into microphones. So that uh, that's all brewing right now as well. So are you on that too? Are you are you a producer on it? I'm the executive producer yeah. of it. I used to be like the editor. I used to do everything for it, but I, I can't really anymore. So we're, yeah. uh, we work with a company called Mischief Management and they're excellent. And um, yeah, so they're helping us do, you know, we have like editors now and I'm sort of just like overseeing it. But Mike is in, you know, he's the director of it and he and his friend Ted wrote it. Uh, so they're just sort of like, they're starting, I don't know, the beginning is always so fun. So they're just starting like the little 
the mini recording sessions they had because we have a ton of voice actors that we're using like friends of ours who are voice actors and whatever um and so the first couple recording sessions were like just ted and michael ted i I never call him michael just ted and mike um (laughs) and now we're starting like casting and getting that in so it's like we're kind of off and running so that's exciting that's cool so freaking do you have anything else brewing for the future I mean, you're doing a lot brewing. of things. Just thought I'm doing I'd a lot ask. of things. Yeah, my so-called pod can't exist anymore because it was canceled after 15 episodes, so we can't talk about that anymore. Um, and let the women do the work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll never say never about that. I absolutely loved making that. It was just like a bunch of like, you know, it was me and um, Natalie and Becca and and Jennifer, and it was just cool that it was a bunch of like queer women, like just helping tell other women's stories, and we had you know, we'd have meetings scheduled for 30 minutes and we'd be done in 15. Just like awesome. Just fucking everyone was on it. Everyone was good at what they did. Um, I got to talk to these incredible women like, you know, Lisa Lotlubin, who's a who's a Cosby survivor. She was like she testified against him. And it was just about like telling stories, you know, women telling their stories in true crime that they sort of get lost and they sort of, you know, becomes about the Cosby thing and not this woman, Lisa, who got six laws changed in different states about the statute of limitations for rape victims or survivors. So it's like women are fucking doing shit. And so it was really amazing to work with this incredible production team of women and meet these women who are just doing incredible things that people don't like. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure they know who they are. Sometimes they don't, but it's just like giving them a platform to be like, tell your entire story. And that was more like a documentary style thing. Like I sat and spoke with them, but then I just did a lot of narration and just let them tell their story. Tell story, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That, that was so fun. Cool. Thank wow. you. That was yeah. incredible. I loved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I loved um, it. Jason, any other questions before we go into our last? Yeah, there's segment? about a million questions, but I mean, are we. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a couple more minutes, Jason. Anything for you. <laughs> It's well, I'm going to scoot into uh, it's that it's that time in the program where it's five o'clock somewhere where we ask you five quick questions to get to know you even better. Do you know Jillian? that it's five o two where I am? So you're oh, right on time. There <laughs> it we actually go. is. Oh, party, Jillian Pensavali, Are you ready for your five quick questions? I've been waiting for this my whole life. Let's go. Okay. Uh, question number one: You have to get rid of one of these things. So please choose. Okay. Uh, you can either never listen to Taylor Swift again, uh, never podcast again, or never uh, be around dogs. What? <laughs> Who's nice now, Jill? That was like the meanest. <laughs> I just love looking at the expression. Welcome to Cuz I Have To. <laughs> like, do I have to? You do. Oh, I do? Oh my God. <laughs> Is Taylor Swift uh, out? Is podcast out? Are no, because I have out? tickets to go see her in May. I'm not going to give those up. Now. You know what I had to do to get them? Can't go now. The Great War of Ticketmaster? I need Eddie Vedder to get Taylor on the phone because if anyone can do it, Eddie Vedder's been screaming about Ticketmaster since like 1994. I know. Let's get Eddie on the phone. Why can't he fix everything? You know what? He should be able to. He's been doing it, like you said, 30 years almost. Hello. Like he was there (laughs) since the beginning. Yeah. I love Eddie. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say podcasting because it doesn't matter. Oh, wow. Because it's like not a real thing, right? This is all fake. 
No, we'll we'll I, see tomorrow. We know about I, destiny and manifestation. I, I appreciate <laughs> I thought for that sure answer. Swift was going to be out because I would have tossed her out in like three seconds. No, I, I fought. I mean, I sat in that queue. Julie, I'm not <laughs> giving those up. Okay. Also, like she said, it's it's music. Like this is just podcast. It doesn't matter. Music, like obviously, changes you, touches you. Right. Compared. And I'll find a way around it. I'll start yeah. live streaming and call it a podcast. <laughs> You're going. There's something it out. called Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll do. I'll do that. I'll be like a YouTuber or something. I'll do something where I still run my mouth about shit. All the. I'll, all right. I'll figure it out. All right. Question number two. <laughs> All right, name your absolute favorite New York food item that you can't live without. Oh, uh, it's a it's a tie between pizza or bagels. Like they're like Utopia bagels in Queens. You can't get that anywhere else. I'm going with Utopia bagels in Queens. Right. It's very very specific. Uh, what's your favorite bagel very... type? Uh, everything bagel, no question. Yeah, not Perfect. toasted because when it's nice and soft, you don't need it. Yeah, it's warm, it's fresh, out of the it's oven. Warm, yeah. Mm. Uh, question number three, you are a crime specialist. Uh, what's your favorite, I'll just say your favorite serial killer movie, but I'd say your favorite serial killer documentary of all the ones you've, like the ones that you're like, if, is there one that you're See, like, See, serial oh. killer is different it's um, because it's not like my favorite true crime documentary. My favorite true crime documentary uh, is West of Memphis, but it is killing three people a serial killer. I don't know. The thing is, yeah, the books that got me into true crime, which was Helter Skelter and Zodiac, there are no good documentaries about them, which sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's something you have to do in the future. I know. Add it to your plate. Yeah, just another thing. Add it to your list. Yeah. Maybe I will eventually solve the Zodiac, okay. and that's how I'll do it with a documentary. Uh, serial killer one. Oh, fuck. Um, um, who told the story really well? Well, while you're figuring that out, yeah, yeah, a yeah, serial yeah. killer is a person who murders three or more people within a period of over a month with a cooling down time between murders. So is if they kill, hilarious? oh, so, so West Memphis works all at once. I think so. That's different. That's oh. totally different. Shit. Oh my god. But West Mem Memphis wasn't wasn't it just one person killed? Or are you talking about the three victims? It's the, the three, three victims. Yeah. Yeah, the, the three, three boys, boys who were, but, but, but one a... kid was killed. No, three of them were killed. Oh no, no, yeah. right. But they weren't all. Were they? Well, okay, so it's different though. All three one. were. They were all together. Yeah. And okay. It, so and then redacted yeah. did it. I won't. I don't want to get sued, but no, it's no, pretty right. clear who did it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh shit! I don't know. Fuck! It's not. I'm not trying to cheat. I'm not trying to like get out of something. I just can't. I can't think of someone who did like a really good job covering a serial killer like right. which is great which is a problem i mean we should adjust Man. that um, how about a how about a serial killer movie that was um uh, you know, zodiac. acted out zodiac. zodiac is i think a flawless yeah. movie um but yeah it has its issues but it's flawless at the same okay. time uh <laughs> you know the the gacy the john wayne gacy thing on peacock was pretty well done i think if okay. i had to choose uh, I, yeah i don't think they sensationalize them that much all right, question number four. You had a podcast about my so-called life, a show from the 90s. What's something from the 90s you wish you could bring back? Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Eddie Vedder's Rage <laughs> Against Ticketmaster. No, I like I I truly miss like I really miss the um I just watched Empire Records again. Oh yeah. You know, like that like reality bites, like that the vibe of the nineties and like the music of the nineties, I miss it. Like I, I just 
the feeling of like like I have flannel now but it's not the same you know like just getting in a time machine and just emerging in like 1994 or 1996 or something like the Delia's catalog the bad fashion the good fashion but the music of the 90s I just I love that's great I would agree with that. So many people shit on it too, and I'm like, "What? What? Get the '90s out of here!" Rad. Oh god. Okay. Like question. most of my playlists are just like '90s, like alternative rock songs that either no one knows or cares about or doesn't want to hear again. But I'm like, too bad it's my playlist. So yeah. Space Hog is going to be on here. Uh, question number five. Uh, your final question, Jillian. Uh, your work has obviously gone beyond podcasting. What's the one thing you hope to impact on the world with your work? Um, the idea that you should just make the thing make it if you have an idea for something make it and don't be afraid when it starts to look like not the way you started it because if I cared about that then the Hamilcast wouldn't be where it is and True Crime Obsessed wouldn't be where it is uh, I would still be like resentful for audition emails <laughs> like it might not look like you think it's gonna look but just sort of leaning into changing for the better you know like if certain things didn't happen with the Hamilcast like I don't know if Lynn would have reached out or whatever um, so I yeah I guess don't be afraid of change and also if you feel like I don't know if I'm not allowed to like this anymore you're allowed you're allowed to do whatever you want and change whatever course you want that's yeah. you know make the thing and it's it's okay to change your mind about things You don't, no one has to you know like what the other thing trapped that people yeah, say right. too is sometimes if you're thinking about doing something and you don't actually act on it, guess what? Someone else gets the idea and they do it. So like you could have waited a month and someone else could have done the Hamill cast. I was just right. about to say, yeah. So you got to get on it and do it while it's hot in your mind and and right. I think it's so big to do something when it's not perfect. Yeah, because it's never going to be like it's never. Oh, I need to get the best mic or the best this or the best that like just and also like be curious about what makes the thing better. Don't be like I hate the phrase um, like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Fuck that. Do what you love and work every day at it. Like it's yeah. hard work. It's yeah. really hard depending on what it is or it's just like it's a lot. And when you're doing something like for yourself or it's like a small team like it's it's it can be hard to do and you can be like at the end of the day like at the end of your work day be like i'm exhausted i need my comfort show i need this like that's okay it doesn't mean you're not doing what you love it means that you had like a really productive day doing it yeah. that's the difference that's all that's all it is yeah all right well you've well been said. you've been an awesome <laughs> guest jillian pensavalli i've had so much fun you two thanks for having me i loved this oh sure i just want to go over for everyone listening you can go back and listen to all her podcasts uh there's hamilcast <laughs> There's True Crime Obsessed. There's mm -hmm. my so-called podcast, which, by the way, there's also another podcast with that same name. Uh, but it talks about something else. Very Is that odd. right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think maybe they just talk about the 90s. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, And then okay, she also fun. did Let the Women Do the Work. Uh, she's also part of Ted and Michael Reed Sketches into Microphones. And then what was the, was it Serial? Or what was the name of the um, series you did? Web series? About oh, the, the residuals. residuals. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so it's so it's old, but it's good. I'm proud of that. Yeah, we worked really hard. We made two seasons like from scratch. That's great. That's really Crazy. great. Awesome. Crazy. Well, thank you. I know you're so, so busy and we really appreciate Look. you coming to the Cause I Have To podcast and for living your dreams. Thank because you so much. This is really like this has been so nice. It's been such an honor. You two are both so easy to talk to. And it's been uh, it's been really nice. I'm around if you ever I don't know need someone in a pinch I'm happy to just hang and just I praise Eddie we can make an Eddie Vedder podcast 
<laughs> that would be great. And maybe he'll listen to it. <laughs> Let's do it. That's funny. All right. Well, thanks oh. for being on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guest after they leave the room. That was Jillian Pensavalli, everybody. Jillian. Podcast queen, even though she does, does not want to be called that. It's so funny watching her face. She's like, oh, wow. Oh, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> like when you're like giving her all this praise and it's like, come on. You're, <laughs> She's very you're modest. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, exactly. think about it, guys. So I'm pretty sure we didn't even really talk about her my so-called podcast which is funny because i thought that was her first podcast she literally decided to do a podcast just talking about my so-called life right the show ended up getting canceled oh it was in the 90s yeah so the show only had so many episodes so then i guess the show ended but yeah i remember we were talking about the show literally lasted from august to january yeah and then it was over what yeah but every uh, idea she's had has just been super, super successful. Yeah. It's pretty wild. She well, that's why I said she's like, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, the creative genius term, but like she kind of is though. Yeah, yeah. And finding, I mean, she has found such a uh, you say niche niche yeah. niche niche niche. Uh, she's found such a specific i mean it all just comes from truest passions as we always talk about i mean she was just literally obsessed about hamil hamilton the music hadn't even seen the show right and just was like oh my god i could talk about this forever and then the true crime stuff you know she's not forcing herself to watch documentaries and reading about crime she's really into it and then finding, like they say with podcasts, find your people and it'll all work out. I love that she's still doing Hamilcast ad-free. That's pretty neat. I can't even believe she's still doing. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I didn't tell her that. I've never seen Hamilton. Um, <laughs> but, but she didn't either. And she still did the. Yeah. I mean, started it. So can you imagine if you had the idea to do a, a podcast about Hamilton but yeah. you said to yourself, well, I've never even seen it. I can't do this podcast. The joke is you can do whatever you want. Yes. You don't have to have seen it. You'll see it when you can get to it. Yeah. But she was so into it and loved talking about it. It didn't matter that she didn't see it yet. But she exactly. could have talked herself out of it and said, oh, sure. I'm a, I'm an idiot. I haven't even seen it. How can I do a podcast on that? You know? She, Yeah. She's a she is a badass. There's so many lessons in that. And and like she said about starting it without the right equipment, without really yes. knowing what she was doing. Right. Huh. It's very, very um I knew we would have a lot to say. Although, can we just for fun just talk about how she could talk for two hours without anyone saying anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love why that, she's a great podcast person. She can just oh, yeah. keep going and going. But but super interesting. There are some people that go on and on and on and on, and you're kind of like, eh, can you cut it off? But no, she's just really, really great uh, to talk to. And I knew it was going to be a super interesting conversation and yeah and yeah wild wild but it's like her truest passions even like she was talking about the case of the memphis three um which i was really into as well like now she's like buddies with damien who was 
wrongly accused and spent right. how many years? 10, 20, some kind of something that's that that was Damien like, wow. Eccles. How much time was he in prison? 20 years, nearly 20 years on death row for a crime he said he didn't commit. And later on, if you follow that story, he ended up pretty much um, three of them had gotten accused, the Memphis Three. But Eddie Vedder, so if you don't know the story about the Memphis Three, first of all, it's a great documentary to watch. Right. But anyway, he was a kid, and these three guys got, they had to find pretty much, it sounds like they had to find a scapegoat who killed this kid in this town. And so these three kids go to jail for nearly 20 years. Then evidence comes out that it wasn't them. But I remember watching it. There was like a fine line where the only way they could get out easily was accepting a lesser charge. So they had to kind of agree, go against themselves and agree to something, you know, that they kind of did it or whatever. But it was it was a red tape of the justice system that if they did it they could do that and get out today or fight it and wait more years in jail you know what I mean I'm not telling the greatest truth of it. it's been years since I watched it but anyway Jillian's always been fighting for this guy Eddie Vedder became a very big uh, person who fought as well and helped you know get attention on it and all that and, yeah. and clear his name I'm not sure his name has totally been cleared but it's a crazy story and um, that was a great story she told about him levitating in that one movie all of her i mean seriously all of her stories that she has even even stories of you know like it it piqued my interest for us even you know it's like the podcast stuff like oh editing and this and that and then i'm just like oh i wonder what kind of gear she uses oh does she use any plugins okay which and then i'm just you know and then i turn into (laughs) then there's like that side of things right right it's just it's so gosh she's so universally like equipped with things which is amazing it was pretty awesome and like i said so by the way i know she didn't want to get into the numbers but she, you know, this data, who knows how outdated this data is? Yeah, sure. That True Crime Obsessed has almost 44,000 Patreons who pay at least, I'm doing the math here, 44,000 <laughs> times five. They could possibly be taking in $220,000 a month. And that's just if these stats are even right, that's $2.6 million a year in Patreons if they're just paying $5. You could pay like 10 Right. Um, I know she said she doesn't get it all, but that is... That's a podcast empire that they built. And then her co-host, Patrick Hines, started uh, the Obsessed Network. And so now he's building on that because there's right. all these other crime podcasts and then they do this Obsessed Fest it's, it's crazy, brilliant. but um, they're all no. I'm serious. They're all brilliant, but yet it's so simple that, like any, like she said, anybody can do anything. Just do it. Blah blah blah. And we didn't even talk about. So they're crazy Broadway fanatics. They did oh, right. a podcast live on a Broadway stage. That's amazing. So I don't. I we didn't even get into like how do you even get into all that? Like how does that? How does it become that? How do you figure out how to sell tickets? I mean. Right. 
it's 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 so you know what else we didn't talk about jesus we got to get her back on so um true crime obsessed was doing well but then chrissy teigen ended up tweeting about it oh my god I and that brought that. in a whole nother and this was before chrissy teigen almost got canceled yeah um that brought in like another so they had Lin-Manuel Miranda on Hamilcast tweeting about it and then Chrissy Teigen who at the time was very heavy on Twitter and was like telling everybody right. this is the greatest show I've ever listened to Yeah. so it's it's <laughs> wild it is super wild so I am very appreciative to Jillian for taking thank the you time. Jilly I know much appreciated very Sorry. busy calling but, you Jilly uh, I don't know if you go by Jilly but... Jilly maybe she goes by Gilly Gilly or Gill. G-I-L-L-I-N. Or Jill. Or E. <laughs> Maybe she was a Pensy. She goes by G. Oh, GP. probably. What about GP in the house? GP. Uh, okay. Well, that was a great wrap. Unless you have anything else to add, Mr. Friday. I no, think we wrap just... this up. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, we are at 90 minutes of the recording <gasps> session. O-M-G. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. And thank you for living your wildest dreams. Absolutely. Because you have to. Oh, yes. Because you have to. Always. Because you have to. Thanks for listening to the Because I Have To Podcast. Find us on Instagram at Because I Have To Podcast. Email us at Because I Have To Podcast at gmail.com. If you know someone living their dreams, tell us about them. And if you dig what you hear, please... Share Share the the podcast podcast on on your your socials socials. so we can grow this baby. Okay, folks, until next time.